Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you are finding some beauty in any small moments during your day. It could just be now as you are listening to this podcast. Um, I always like to look for beauty and I always like to invite you to do the same. Uh, So for today, I am going to read a poem by Hafez my favorite Sufi mystic poet, along with Rumi. Um, And so in my roulette of poems that I flip through in the book called The Gift, I have fallen upon this poem called These Beautiful Love Games. These Beautiful Love Games. Young lovers wisely say, let's try it from this angle. Maybe something marvelous will happen. Maybe three suns and two moons will roll out from a hiding place in the body our passion has yet to ignite. Old lovers say, we can do it one more time. How about from this longitude and latitude? Swinging from a rope tied to the ceiling. Maybe a part of God is still hiding in a corner of your heart. Our devotion has yet to reveal. Bottom line, Do not stop playing these beautiful love games. Hmm. I really like that one. Um, It reminds us to play. And I think that a lot of us forget that play is actually where it's at. Um, And it doesn't matter what that play looks like. Uh, You know, in the poem, we've got two kinds of lovers. We've got the new you know, infatuated puppy love kind of love where everything is new and we want to experiment and we want to try different things. And then we've got the familiar um, where maybe we've tried it all, but we'll still keep experimenting. But instead, it's to look for God, uh, which I think is really beautiful. Uh, I was thinking about this idea of play. I mean, this poem comes at a, at a great time, of course, right? Because nothing, for me, nothing is random. There is always divine timing uh, happening. And it's a matter of perspective. You know, some people might think, well, you know, that's a coincidence. I'm not buying that. Or they might be like, you know, if everything's divine timing, why is this bad thing happening for me? So it's all a matter of, of mindset, of perspective, of how you interpret the things that are happening in your life. Um, you know, in terms of what meaning you assign to it. Because if we operate from a place that um, everything is neutral and we are the ones in charge of assigning meaning to whatever goes on, then, uh, yeah, then you can just see that there are opportunities for growth and learning. And I've said this before, and, you know, it's it's worth repeating that um, our mindset determines the kind of life that we are living. We can choose to suffer or we can choose to grow. Um, and grow doesn't mean, you know, we're choosing happiness necessarily. I mean, because happiness, by my definition, 
um, based on some teachings that I've received is something that is based on external circumstances. Um, and so it's shifting and changing and sometimes happiness isn't there. Joy is the thing that is, uh, what's the word? Not infinite, but you know, it's always there. It's the thing that is within you. Joy is permanent, uh, not ephemeral. And so this idea of choosing growth versus choosing suffering, it means that growth can hurt. Growth, um, you know, can be uncomfortable. I mean, it often is, if you think about it. Uh, Just, you know, going back to when you're a kid and you are at that age of losing your baby teeth, that's growth. You've got the pain of a loose tooth, you know, wiggling it out. You know, there's blood, the new tooth comes in and that's not always fun. I mean, especially as you get older and you got wisdom teeth and your mouth isn't big enough to accommodate all those teeth, that that's painful, but that's growth, right? And so if we think about it in that respect, then maybe we can choose to see these as opportunities for our evolution, for our highest good, rather than choose to suffer, rather than choose to complain. Um, And so going back to the poem about play, I really think that that helps in our growth. To play can spin the discomfort of growth. Um, Right now I'm actually teaching uh, a two-week program for high school students, uh, rising seniors who are working on their personal statements. And um, it's been fun, it's been interesting because it's virtual. So engaging with um, high schoolers through Zoom or WebEx or whatever it is that I'm using, some online conferencing thing, um, has been challenging because their minors uh, were not permitted to see them. You know, you can't, you know, I mean, what if they're in their bedroom or whatever, that's not, it's inappropriate. So they're not, they're not permitted to turn on their cameras. They can talk, um, but it's, it's been a really interesting experience. So I'm really trying to gauge where they're at based on what they leave in the chat box, you know, um, what they might offer when they unmute themselves. I'll tell you, it's, it's a strange time that we live in. Um, but, you know, I'm working with it. But what I talked about them about with them today was uh, thinking about stories and to think about this idea of writing a personal statement as play. Um, because, you know, too often, I mean, these kids, they get so much pressure not just from you know teachers and parents and it, maybe it's not even like deliberate pressure but but the pressure is there and i know that they put pressure on themselves to excel at whatever it is they're doing because they they want to get into college so badly now you have to understand these these students are from underserved communities of color um and so they're already at a disadvantage I mean, in terms of thinking about systemic racism, the, the system is set up for them to fail. And these, and these kids, they're working their butts off to, to beat the system. And I'm here to help them do that. And so, you know, they've got this, uh, this mode of thinking that if I sound smart, 
if I use words that are out of the dictionary, that are SAT words, you know, like fancy vocabulary and flowery, flowery sentences, um, then I will look smart. I will look um, competent. I will be deemed worthy of acceptance into a college. Um, so there's a lot of pressure there mentally um, and emotionally. And so today I invited them to play. Uh, they have a rough draft due tomorrow of their personal statement. And I said to them, listen, don't think the words personal statement, just write a story. Tell me a story of a moment when you felt that your life changed, that you learned a big lesson in your life, or a moment when someone you loved really stepped up for you, you know? And if someone had told me that when I was um, a rising senior in high school, I might have actually enjoyed writing that personal statement. Because, you know, in high school, I already knew that I, I was a writer, that I was a poet. And, um, but I didn't apply that to the personal statement because the personal statement was this assignment. It was this task, this rigid thing that I had to create. Um, and so I'm sure if I looked back at my college essay now that I would just, you know, like roll my eyes and be like, oh my God, who are you trying to impress? You know, um, and so the, I just want to make sure that these students have a way of expressing who they are across the page. You know, imagine yourself being on the admissions committee and having to read a bazillion college essays and you know which students are the ones that are trying to perform to a certain expectation. Now for me, I don't, I'll, I'll probably get bored by that essay, you know, and I'll probably learn nothing about that student, that applicant, um, because they've been given a formula on how to write this essay. And so what I'm doing with my students, my high school students now, is I've invited them to play. I've invited them to throw all the rules out the window, just for this rough draft, you know? I mean, that's what revision is for. We'll, we'll shape it into something that feels like it captures their voice while also showing off that they can put two sentences together in a stellar way. Um, but, you know, first things first, right? So I invited them to play by telling the story as if they were speaking to one of their friends, to not worry about the language. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with tomorrow. I really am. Um, but that's just an example of play. And I feel that too many of us are stuck in our seriousness. Uh, given the current state of affairs in this world, I mean, I, I try not to um, read the news. Um, I sometimes see, you know, headlines scrolling by on my Facebook feed. And I know things out there are not good. You know, we've got the pandemic. We've got the um, people in the White House basically creating um, trash can fires everywhere. And we've got the uprisings in the name of anti-racism and fighting for social and racial justice and equality. Uh, we got a lot going on, you know, and that's all been happening in the past, what, let's see, two, three, four, five months? Yeah, 2020 has been great. Oh, by the way, no, I'm not going to give you any more bad news. <laughs> this podcast is not about bad news. Um, I'm not saying ignore the news, but I'm saying that this particular 
podcast likes to tune in to our higher higher selves um and if you want to know what the bad news is i mean it's everywhere you can you can find it easily so i'm not turning a blind eye to it i'm just sparing you the uh, reinforcement of it (laughs) um but 2020 has been quite a year uh (laughs) as we all know so even more reason for us to look for opportunities to play i mean we as adults anyway and and maybe you know maybe the the high school students are forgetting how to play and yeah there's you know online games and you know gamers who who do that kind of thing and that's you know that's a form of play but what about you know like playing tag out in the yard or a park Uh, of course you know social distancing doesn't permit that so maybe we should come up with some suggestions for play that doesn't involve touching (laughs) so maybe soccer you know Um, maybe cartwheels something as simple as that when's the last time you did a cartwheel in the grass and if you've never done one I invite you to go do one right now just try it out if you've never done one, it feels a little scary, but it's totally exhilarating. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. Or just going upside down. Like how many, how many of you have tried just doing a handstand up against a wall? It's so fun just to feel like, just to be upside down or to hang upside down from like monkey bars or something. And I'll tell you, um, physiologically, being upside down totally supports and calms down the nervous system if you believe it. I found that out recently. I was like, what? That's why I love being upside down. Yes, that's why. So try it out. Um, Yeah, just play, 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 play. I love it. Uh, I'm looking around my studio right now and um, I I can't help but look at this new Tibetan singing bowl that I recently acquired. And that's another kind of play where I get to play the bowl like I do an instrument. I invite it to sing and it is the most beautiful sound, the most soothing, the most calming, the most healing sound there is. So play doesn't have to necessarily be a cartwheel, you know. Um, it could be a board game, you know. We Instead of digital games, maybe we can try physical ones. You know, when's the last time you played Trivial Pursuit? How about the game of life, which I will say, well, no, 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 that's not the one. Monopoly. That's the one I hate. I don't know about you guys, but I am choosing to strongly dislike that game because it takes forever. (laughs) Um, But there are so many great games out there that if you need um, any recommendations, you know, shoot me an email or, you know, direct message me on Instagram. I will. I, I got a bunch so fun there's so many fun things and i've never laughed so hard in my life i play um kids against maturity with my kids is so funny there are some there are some adult jokes in there too that go by the kids they think it's funny but they don't see the underlying second joke (laughs) um but you know what about expressive play you know painting and don't, you know, don't worry about whether or not you know how to paint. It's just about movement, about moving the brush through some some sort of color, whether it's watercolor or, or acrylics, 
um, and just feeling what it's like to create color on a blank white space. You know, what does it feel like to be human again? To do movements that bring the body alive. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just getting so excited about this idea of play that I want to go outside right now and, you know, do my cartwheels. But I invite you to think about what are some small ways that you can play. You know, this week, my kids, um, my oldest, she, last week we did, uh, in our house, we did um, fashion week. It was just my idea because I wanted to get them thinking a little creatively um, beyond just wearing, you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt or, you know, like not sweatpants, but shorts and a t-shirt or, you know, whatever. It's like lazy dressing up or clothing. Um, so I invited them to, to do a, a fashion week this last week. And so each day was a theme. Uh, we did a cosplay day. I was a cosmic mermaid. Um, we did a, uh, a New York fashion week day. So we would try to create what we thought was fashion for the runway with whatever clothes we had available. Um, we did an eighties day. And I'm trying. I'm trying to think what other what other things we did. Um, and then my oldest loved it so much. She said, you know, she asked me, "Could we do something this week?" And I said, "Well, what do you what do you think?" And she wanted holiday week. So this week we're doing holiday week, where we're yesterday was um, Christmas. So we wore our Christmas T-shirts. We wore our jingle bell necklaces, uh, Santa hats. It was a lot of fun. This today is Easter. So I'm wearing an Easter dress with some bunny ears. Um, tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, we'll just wear some green. Who knows what else is around? Uh, the day after that is Valentine's Day. So, you know, you get the idea, but it's play, you know, and these are just small moments. It, it's not a big commitment, but it invites us to relax, to open ourselves up to the flow of the universe. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, how can an outfit open me up to the flow of the universe. Well, how you feel in your body determines how open you are. So let's say, you know, um, it's, it's pre-pandemic time and I worked in an office, haven't worked in an office in years, but let's just say, all right, I worked in an office and they have a strict dress code and I got to wear like a business suit or whatever. Um, what does that feel like? You know, it feels, for me, it feels restrictive. But it also dictates like the kind of way I'm going to carry myself. You know, I'm going to carry myself a little more um, professionally, whatever that means. I'm going to stand taller. Maybe I'm going to wear heels. I don't know. But um, it really is about the idea of how clothing can translate your mood and how relaxed you are, how open you might be. Um, and so I invite you to think about play and what will you do today with that? And how are you going to apply that practice to everything in your life, in your daily life? Um, you know, I'm thinking, what does everyone do every day? We brush our teeth. How can that be playful? I mean, you don't want to make a mess, but maybe you want to sing a song in your head not out loud because you're going to spit toothpaste all over the place um you know when we're kids we're taught well i don't know about you but i was taught that 
you gotta brush your teeth for at least 30 seconds. And the equivalent of that is to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or your ABCs while you're brushing your teeth. So maybe go back to that. Um, I don't know, it's, it's a matter of shifting how you see things. You know, I, uh, I, w I got really into seeing and noticing clouds. Um, I wanna say uh, maybe two, three years ago, uh, I'd look up at the sky and I would just be so captivated by clouds that I started taking pictures. I actually started an Instagram account, it was all clouds. You know, and and you know, to the to the eye, it's just clouds. But with the caption, it shifts how people view that image. Um, so think about how you see things. You know, I invite you to pay attention to how you see things how you look at things, how you respond because of the way that you're looking at something. And what might shift for you in your, in your life? It doesn't have to be a big shift. It could be something small, you know. Uh, it could be, um, I don't know, maybe I never liked watercolor painting. I'm using myself as, as an example. You know, I always thought that watercolor painting the painting itself, like when someone would create a watercolor, I was like, oh my God, I love watercolors. So great. I want to try it. And I remember trying it when I was in high school and like totally hating it because I was like, I don't know, I don't, you know, didn't understand how the medium worked. I was trying too hard to create these defined lines in whatever it was I was drawing or painting. Um, it wasn't until recently when I signed up for a 21 day uh, painting meditation challenge that I understood that watercolor is actually about flow and trusting that whatever unfolds, whatever comes out of the result of putting water and then some pigment on the page and then letting the brush sort of move into different shapes. It wasn't until then that I understood how watercolors worked it was because I allowed for it to play instead of being so rigid with what I had wanted to happen with the watercolors. You know, in high school, it's like I wanted to create, I wanted to paint a, like a picture of a house. Now, unless, I mean, people do it, but they've had years of training, of understanding and working with that medium to make that house look like a house. Right, but here I am, like what, like 16, 17 years old, getting those cheap little pans of watercolors, you know, like Crayola or whatever at the local drugstore, whatever it is, and um, and expecting with that tiny one tiny little brush that comes with the set, and expecting to paint a house <laughs> with with those tools, and and you know, in hindsight, I'm like, oh my god, you're so ridiculous, but that's what I knew. You know, and that's, that was my viewpoint on life was, it was all about these, these rules, these boundaries, these defined lines. Um, so I needed to draw a house. So the, the roof had this defined line and this window had this defined line and everything bled into the other, the colors were mixing until I had a big brown blob 
in the middle of the, the paper. <laughs> and I laugh thinking about it because it's like, you know, you try so hard and it just ends up turning into mush. But now I understand, you know, allowing the water to flow and to take my time and to listen to my body as far as how I want to, or not how I want to, how the brush wants to move. Suddenly it clicked for me as far as how, not only how watercolor worked as a medium, but how one could tap into the flow of the universe. It's about placing things down and following those intuitive nudges and then just going with it and seeing what unfolds and trusting that what does unfold is what was meant to be. And that's all based in play. Um, you know, in a world that we live in where our society is centered on productivity, like concrete results, you know, we need to check off this thing, you know, check off the boxes on our to-do list, you know, done that, done that, check, 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 check. We often, if not always, see play as a waste of time, which is actually the opposite result. Um, when kids are learning how to navigate this life, when they're learning how to use their motor skills, you know, I'm, I'm talking like babies and toddlers and stuff, it's through play, you know, and as we get older, then we become indoctrinated in the structure of the education system. You know, it's like, sit in this desk, sit tall, answer these questions, complete this test, read these books, answer these questions, take this test, you know, over and over and over again, that um, our brains forget how to play. Our brains forget how to think for ourselves. And so it's no wonder that many of us have forgotten how to play. We're so used to doing things a certain way because we've been conditioned to operate in that way that the idea of play feels not only foreign but a waste of time and so what I've been learning over the years that I've been doing this inner work is that play actually is more quote-unquote productive than checking off your to-do list um, and so is rest I mean, play and rest are two things that are high on my list these days because when I do those things, so much happens. So much good stuff happens. So many things start falling into place. Things get aligned. Things open up. I don't have to do anything. It's really incredible. I, I you know, I just, for example, I, um, I'm in this, in this one uh, Facebook group for uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs and I put a post up looking for some people like some guest speakers for uh, for my membership for empaths and um, I just I didn't expect anything I didn't think anyone would want to talk to my empaths and highly sensitive people except maybe other empaths um, so I was expecting maybe like two or three posts you know, from people saying, hey, I'll come talk to your people or I offer this skill or whatever. Um, and I, so I just put it there like, mm, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, you know, I took a nap. 
and then I uh, played a little bit with my kids and then I came back to it I had like 40 posts from people commenting saying hey I want to talk to your people hey this is what I do I'd like to share this thing and that thing and this and that and I was like what it was crazy I mean my schedule for the next two weeks is jam-packed with people who want to talk to me about what they offer and see if they're a good fit to talk to my members um it's it's a freaking amazing like I'm like whoa if that's what a nap and play does for me then you know I'm gonna be doing more of that so I invite you to try it out I know it's hard it's so hard because it's counterintuitive to everything that we've been conditioned to do but what I'm learning is that a lot of things that feel counterintuitive are usually the things you need to do, the things that will get you what you want. Um, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. So yeah, maybe, you know, baby steps. So maybe take a day or maybe half a day and say, all right, you know what? I'm not going to do my to-do list. I know <gasps> it's very panicky for some people. Like, what do you mean? Don't do a to-do list. You guys, you need to take a break. And I'm talking to myself too, <laughs> but, um, you know, take half a day, take a whole day off, like totally off. And when I say off, I mean like no email, you know, no texting as far as like business is concerned, whatever work it is that you do, you know, schedule it in. Don't do it like right this minute and be like, well, she said, you know, you know, be responsible about it. Just schedule it in say, all right, on this day, I'm going to turn off all my stuff you know, all my notifications, I'm just going to take a full day to be present in my body, to play a little bit, whatever it looks like, roll around the grass some, just watch out for ticks, um, <laughs> you know, spend some time in the sun, spend some time near a river or an ocean or something, just unplug and relax and play and rest for a day and then see what kind of magic might happen for you. What kind of magic might unfold? Because I'll tell you, it is so cool to see that kind of stuff happen. Whew. All right. So listen, I am going to wrap this up. I'm going to get you a poem by Rumi. Hold on a second. And um, I'm going to send you on your way into Playland and Rustland. Okay, so like I do with Hafez, I'm going to do a Rumi poem that, hmm, I like this one. Okay, so I'm taking this poem from the book called The Essential Rumi, which is translated, translations by Coleman Barks with John Moyne. And this one is called Only Breath. Not Christian or Jew or Muslim, not Hindu, Buddhist, Sufi or Zen, not any religion or cultural system. I am not from the East or the West, not out of the ocean or up from the ground, not natural or ethereal, not composed of elements at all. I do not exist, am not an entity in this world or the next, did not descend from Adam and Eve or any origin story. My place is placeless, a trace of the traceless, neither body or soul. I belong to, be to the beloved, have seen the two worlds as one, and that one to call to and know. First, last, outer, inner, only that breath 
breathing human being. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Um, so you can take that poem and chew on it for a little bit. Focus in on the breath. And my dear friends, I love you. Wherever you are in this world, just know that I love you. I can feel you. I can sense you listening. Even if I don't know you personally, I just know that you're out there and you're listening and I love it and I love you and I can, oh my God, I just love doing this, this podcast. Um, and I hope that you are able to take some of this stuff to enrich your life, to lift yourself up, to feel energized and powerful because we are all powerful and sometimes we forget that. So I'm here to remind you, you got power within you. Don't forget that and choose to use it. And on that note, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. On Sundays at 5.30 p.m. at Onyx Yoga Studio in Warren, New Jersey, join me for yoga and meditation for people of color. Come experience the nourishing power of this ancient practice where you can get back in touch with your body after so much screen time and to really reconnect with your soul self. In this class, you will enter a safe, sacred space, be able to let your guard down, practice yoga according to your abilities in this multi-level class. Super beginners are always welcome. Experience the benefit of meditation, such as relieving stress and anxiety and enjoy being in a community with other people of color. So come, take time to truly care for yourself. Come restore with me and begin to live your best life now.